Yeah, Andy, I'll, I'll, be, I'll be ready to fight you on Twitter in the near future, probably. Oh, so. n- n- name the subject, and it's on. Yeah. Yes. He'll do, like, food um, categories, like hot dog sandwich type shit. He'll just, you know, go yeah. at your neck. Yeah. A, a wiener does not belong in a sandwich. A hot dog's on a sandwich. Thank See, you. We man. agree. Just yeah. okay. food naming right there. Chili yeah. belongs on spaghetti. That's true. That's true. <laughs> These are the tales of college basketball past as you've never heard them before. Our guests tell stories blending team seasons, on and off court moments, memories of personal fandom, catastrophe, and elation, and yes, alcohol. I'm Jeremy. I'm Matt. And I'm Pat. We do the work, you tell the story. These are the college basketball stories. I'm Captain X. I'm Absident Andy. And I'm Coop. And we're from the Roll Blob Podcast. And we're going to tell you the story of the 2015-16 and the 2016-17 Xavier Musketeers. So sit back, grab a beer, buckle your seatbelt, because it's about to get wild. And wet. (laughs) Pierce nipples. Thanks. But before we do so, we have to do a little bit of an intro. Isn't that right, Andy? It, it is. It's just like the How I Met Your Mother. Hello, kids. <laughs> I want to tell you how I met your mother. But first, I have to tell you for nine seasons. A bunch of obnoxious backstory. <laughs> about me drinking in bars and having sex with random women. Uh, and where that's how, I, beca- <laughs> how I became the person I needed to be to meet your mother. So, so let's here's start the. With- so, so, Andy, we have to start at Larry Austin, right? That's where it starts. Yes, it's all going to start the Pete Dillon area uh, playing in Cincinnati Gardens. <laughs> so, Bob 19- Stack was the coach in 19. 19- Why doesn't it start before the Pete Dillon area? Because uh, I, was, I was not even close to being a sperm cell. <laughs> That's Congrats to your so parents. I don't really for the remember. Yeah. Congrats to your parents for the sex, Andy. But um, So, before we went to the Elite Eight, uh, we had the season in 15 16. So, real quick, Andy, we'll go into the season before that, which was, if you remember, the very handsome, uh, slim man that is Matt Stainbrook. Um, he was a senior that year with D. Davis, um, which really, Andy, if you agree, I think that was the first year that Xavier was kind of back. You know what I mean? Like, we had a lot of struggles after the Des Well stuff coming to the Big East um, and had two or three, like, non-Xavier years where we were just barely in the tournament. And that was the first year Xavier was back, in my opinion. Yeah, so we had those those couple years. I mean, the um the 2012 class that was kind of a a, a huge dud kind of left a lot of um a lot of doubt. Like, wh- where do we go in this direction? Like, we're in this tougher conference. We're no longer playing the St. Bonaventures. We're playing the powerhouse of DePaul, and <laughs> uh, we really didn't really know where which direction we're going. Are we falling off? Are we in over our heads? And then that year was oh, like, no. okay. Because we, we had just gotten the Big East, and we're like, where do we stack up here? Because it's like, we could have easily, because we came in not being ourselves. Like, we were as vulnerable as we had been in 20 years, right when we go to the Big East. So it was like, 
looking at Georgetown, Nova, I'm like, I don't know where we're going to stack. Like, I could see us normally punching up above top three, but right now we're way down. So I was like, man, we might struggle because there was no no give. And thank God for Samaj Kristen because he just carried us um, and kept us afloat for a couple years. Um, but Andy, so this year, um, we came into that year with pretty good expectations. Um, I felt like we felt like we were going to be good, but it had been a while since we had been a traditional Xavier school. Um, we had a pretty good or pretty good regular season, landed a sixth seed, um, and felt good going into the, into the conference or into the NCAA tournament, Andy. I don't know about you. Um, so we ended up winning our first round game, which was against Andy. I'm sorry if I'm missing. We were a sixth seed. I know in the second round we played Buffalo or not Buffalo, um, a 15 seed, but that's not it's not the oh, yeah, Okay. Um. Yeah. Who, who do we? This is the year that Lehigh. Lehigh Duke, yep. Lehigh yes. Duke in the fifteen-two game. So we got Lehigh in the second round. So, but we um, did we did have to face three Jim McCollum. So uh, <laughs> that that is a tough um, path to get to the Sweet Sixteen. We beat so, Ole Miss in the first round. Oh, so yeah, were, with um, that dude with the long dreads. He, yeah, he was they, a were, they were playing Victor when they had like the eleven on eleven. They won. We beat them pretty handily. I think we beat them by like twenty. Um, and then we had Lehigh in the second round, which was a really, really good game. CJ played really, really well. I remember Miles Davis hit like that three from Narnia uh, to send it, and then he just went crazy. Uh, we ended up winning by I think like ten. I um, mean, that was the argument. And your pants is cool. Consider me Miles Davis. No, that wasn't Lehigh. That was um, Georgia State, Andy. We did beat Lehigh, but that was like six years prior. This was the Georgia oh, State team with Ron Hunter and the Scooter. Oh shit! You are right. You're absolutely you did right. He in college in like 2010. And you know what? It's it's they're all decades away. I mean, hey, they told us in the podcast we could have beers, so this is yeah, I'm old. Um, but anyway, and then we lost. Okay, and then this was the big game I think as we kind of lead into the next season. This is pretty relevant. So Andy, we played Arizona. Our former head coach Sean Miller. This was a blockbuster game for Xavier fans. Um, six seed. I think they were the one. They were, or two, or they were three. two. They were two. Yep. Um, that team was loaded. Um, but we played our asses off, and we were winning most of the game. Um, and this was Jalen Reynolds' like big breakout game. The end of that year, he was going off. And against Arizona, he had this one spin dunk in traffic and one. That was one of the craziest plays I've ever seen. I think he scored like 25 points against Arizona. He was the best player on the floor. Um, we ended up running out of gas with like five minutes left. We were up probably you know four, five, six, seven, and they ended up taking it. Um, and they went on like a big like 20 to six run to take the game. But that how was much, a game. How much did Sean Miller pay that team? How much <laughs> was his Arizona team worth? Um, I think they had a net worth about two to three million dollars. Um, but he paid for, and that does not include all the sweat, um, the sweaty oh God, um, button downs sweat that he sold. Dude, I missed that's probably that. another five million. <laughs> Got to pay for that dry cleaning bill somehow. Sweat equity. <laughs> Yeah, he's definitely paying sweat equity. But that was a good year. I mean, like, if you had promised us going into that season, we'd get a six seed, go to Sweet 16, you take that to the bank. Um, so that kind of leads us into 16-17, Andy. And I think that expectations were as high as they've well, been in a long time. Go ahead. And, um, then there's the 15-16 the, the year where – Yeah, I'm so, sorry, 15 um, Yeah, so that year we have a lot of question marks. I mean, you know you have um, studs like um, Jalen Reynolds leading your way. You have a, um, a – a small shooting point, um, uh, point guard. He kind of, he kind of did a, did a lot of, uh, he did a lot on the floor. He rebounded well for a guy that's one, Miles Davis. Um, but you're expected to be led by a sophomore two guard named Trayvon Blewett, who at that time, like, 
you don't know if the his he had a solid freshman season, but you really don't know what kind of star he's gonna gonna turn into. And you have this skinny little <laughs> uh red shirt freshman named Edmund Sumner. Or they um he committed as a three star, but um he redshirted to put on weight and he still wasn't very big out there. But man, he was fearless. Helps when you grow four inches though. It does. It does. When you turn it, when you go from six foot, one hundred ten pounds to six foot four, hundred. He was like six five, six six. Um, he was a freak. But I don't think we even really factored him much into the plans, Andy. Like I don't know how much of a plan Ed was going into that season. I mean, we knew we were going to need a point guard. Um, I guess it only made sense because we had him and Larry Austin. But like, so we went into this season, and Jalen was expected to be the dude. Like, Jalen Reynolds, by a mile, I think, was expected to be the dude. He was, like, on preseason All-America teams going into that season just because of the way he ended the prior year. Um, but, like, Farr had been an okay player but not great. Trayvon was a huge recruit, um, so we expected him to step up, but he was only a sophomore. And then I think Miles Davis was expected to be a big piece for him. I mean, Abel was a nice transfer. So you had pieces, but, like, you didn't know how it was going to fit because the two dudes on the, pri- on the previous team were, you know, Stainbrook and D. They were both gone. So I think you felt good. I think we were, had, like, a top 30, top 40 type expectation. Um, but as we kind of dive into the games here, Andy, um, you know, obviously a good start. You, you know, you kick Miami's butt. Then you play Missouri, who we had to play every single year that, you know, in that stretch. We played Missouri like every season back then for whatever freaking reason. So we did our, you know, due diligence, played Missouri because we have to. And then, Andy, I think the biggest game maybe of the season, um, I think this was the, the final game of the season, was the third game of the year at Michigan. This was the, our first, I think our first Gavit game. Or, like, our first, like, big Gabbit game that we ever had, the Big East Big Ten Challenge. We go to Michigan, who at the time was number 24 in the country. Um, and we didn't know what we were yet at the time. You play two games. Um, and we kind of kicked their ass. I see on the, I see the score 86-70 to 70 on the road against number 24 team in the country. That Karis LeVert, um, who was a dog. Um, and, Andy, I remember I was in my first year of the Navy at the time watching this game at the gym because we didn't have any TVs in the barracks. And just fucking going apeshit. Best workout of my life. Um, that game was fucking nuts, dude. Like, I remember, like, watching that. I remember we were wearing black jerseys. And I was like, this team. I mean, Ed went fucking nuts. As a freshman, I was like, this team has the chops. James Cap, what's, the, uh, what, Cap what's your second uh, best workout of your second life? Second best workout, uh, you know, that that's kind of private. Um, it's it's radar, actually. Talking off the air. Uh, insert I assume that's here. the same for the third as well. Third, third through twentieth, yes, and then once we get in the twenties, then it starts getting oh. you know, G rated again. Yeah, congrats. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, uh, and please insert, insert the clips here. And uh, <laughs> but don't tell us we could be ourselves. I mean, that's <laughs> never a good idea. <laughs> I'm um, speaking of the coitus. That's exactly what we did to Northern Kentucky the next game. And uh, we bent them over. And as as far as I know, I was pretty blacked out that game. North up. Uh, we love North our up. North I'm a big Norse guy. And I had so a then, lot of honestly, Andy, I see before that game. The marathon continues. We just went on a roll. I mean, this team was just good. I mean, there's just years where you go in. I mean, it's college basketball. Like, there are years you go in and you expect to be really, really good, and you're just not. And then there are years you expect to be okay, and you're great, and, you know, yada, yada, yada. We had no clue, Andy, what this team was going to be. I mean, I was expecting, like I said, in the 30 to 50 range. This team initially, I remember the announcers after the Michigan game being like, this looks like a top 15 team. And that's what this team was. Um, from the, you know, the minute the ball was tipped, I mean, this team was just fucking good. So you can see here we win, you know, I'm no mathematician. Right? First 12 games. I'm not going to count. Yeah, the first 12 yeah. games. 
Um, and they weren't and all the, easy ones. Well, then, then, then we get to this one where uh, we kick off the Big East game season. Like we are twelve and zero. We are rolling. We have wins against uh, a Michigan. We beat a, a we're gonna skip the Eddie game. Team. And then we kicked the shit out of, like, we returned to play Dayton, and there was a lot of shit talk there. <laughs> kicked the shit out of them with Chris Mack and a Big East polo. And, wow, no respect. Uh, all right, we have to break down the Dayton game. Okay, so we right. talked to Michigan. That was game three. Game four, five, six, all boat races. We beat Northern Kentucky, Alabama, Southern Cal. So this was the Orlando Invitational. We beat Alabama, Southern Cal in the first two rounds. This is the championship of the Orlando Invitational. Um, first time Xavier had played Dayton since the A-10 days. So it had been, what, three, four years? Yeah, and that, that was a at least a hungry fan base that we were about to play. And this was a this were these were two schools that played twice a year for like twenty years. And this and, is the first time we'd seen each other since. Andy, yeah. this is this is you date a girl for fifteen years, and then you break up with her, and then you're dating like a supermodel. And then you just come back, you know, for a little menage a trois. You know what I mean? Like, you're like, yo, what up? Like, I'm back. You know what I mean? So there wasn't any love lost there. And then, obviously, Chris Mack, I don't know how many Dayton fans really, I don't know if they remember this shit. But Chris Mack is an asshole. And to troll Dayton, he wears a pullover that has, like, a tiny X logo on it and a big, big East logo right on the front. He'd never worn anything like it ever at Xavier. Just I've never seen a word pullover. Dick. Yeah, just to be an absolute dick, because that's who Chris Mack is. He's just an asshole. Um, and then we win by third. He looks like a dick. <laughs> he does look like a dick. He <laughs> does look like a dick, uh, but he won, so we love him. Um, but Andy, <laughs> we just absolutely boat raced him. I mean, Dickie V was on the call, I remember, and I thought it was going to be a good game. That Dayton team was good. I, I came into that game nervous as hell. Me too. And, <laughs> you can't lose uh, like, I, you can't, like Especially like you... Get the you get the Big East invite. We are major shit talkers, and like for throughout my entire life, it's kind of like throughout my entire fandom, it's been it, Xavier winning mainly and Dayton um, winning every now and then. So, yeah. like me, I, I cannot start losing to Dayton right now, especially mm-hmm. like after all, four years. Like we've been talking about how we're in the Big East now. We have to prove that we're here. We have to back up our shit talk. And man, I was going into that game nervous as hell because Dayton was a good team. They're in the um, finals of that tournament for a reason, yeah. and we just came in right from the get go, <laughs> complete and just beat the shit out of them. Yeah, I remember we had like our remember McKinday London. He was probably like ninth or tenth in rotation. I remember McKinday London was in the game throwing behind the back passes and shit. I was like, what the fuck is going? <laughs> Everyone on? was having a lot of fun. It was one of those dream games, like. I always say, like, I like close games, but not rivalries. Like, in a rivalry game, you just want to win by 50. I mean, there's nothing more fun than winning a rivalry game going away. And I'm sorry, you know, this probably isn't fun to talk about. Um, but it's season game. It's not that big a deal. Um, you guys but, getting uh, out of your system yet? No, actually, no. I think we're going to we get done? another 10 minutes of this, if that's okay. Uh, <laughs> but, no, but it was just now, a- now we got to talk yeah. about how we got to the point where we wanted to win this game so bad. So let's break down all the Dayton wins for the last, like, 15 years. Dude, we're not. We're not having much your mother, Andy. We're not. We're not going to do that. As much as I would love to, we'll do that on our podcast when they invite when we invite them on. Um, but so obviously, we're just feeling great. We're on top of the world. Anything from the moderators as we're just kind of doing our thing over here. I know it's kind of we're idiots. No, you're doing great. I mean, everything you guys just said for the last like seven minutes is going to get cut, so it doesn't. matter. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if it makes you feel any better, we beat Wright State by worse. Hey, yeah, yeah. Right, of- Wright State, wrong college. <laughs> That's correct. 
Um, so continuing to rip snort uh, through Western Kentucky and Wright State. And then the Crosstown shootout. And, Andy, I was giving them the, the breakdown a little bit on how we feel about the shootout. We don't need to get on it too much. But in my opinion, it's easily the most emotional game of the season. Um, Villanova's gotten really, really close. The, the home game against Villanova's gotten up there. But to me personally, Andy, there will always be a whole other level of juice for the shootout. There, there really is. Like, that's a rivalry that'll never die out. Like, because they, they keep saying, like, uh, one team has to win every now and then to um to be a rival. Like, they keep talking about how Ohio State-Michigan football is not a rivalry anymore um, because Ohio State wins so much. But even if Xavier were to win eight, nine in a row, like Ohio State football has, it would still absolutely be a rivalry. There would still absolutely be a ton of hatred within that, and that'll be every every um, both teams are going to circle that game on their schedule every single year. So no matter how much how dominant we we are, I mean we typically win three out of four. To uh, there hasn't been a UC player that's won uh, that's had a winning record in the shootout since like the 90s it's like early yeah. 90s like my that's entire awesome. life i know that for a fact um so we've kind of dominated the that rivalry for quite a while it's still you circle on this go you look forward to it every single season you are talking shit you are um having your life threatened by uc fans um and as much as both sides want to say it it still means the world to both fan bases like Absolutely. i don't care what either fan base says like the losing team always wants to say, like, oh, it doesn't mean that much to us anymore. Like, yeah. yes, it fucking does. When in reality, the losing team is just crying. <laughs> yeah, it's that, it's that meme of, like, the mask is over, like, smiling, but deep down, yeah. they're, like, fucking crying. Yeah, that's literally what it is. Like, I, especially me, Andy, like, it'll always have juice. I don't care if we beat them for 40 years in a row. Like, I will still want to kick their ass the next year. Yeah. Like, and, and, and we'll c- kind of get into, like, the feeling of losing in the, uh, as we go on in this, in this story of, <laughs> of this team. Uh, because that it, we'll, we'll get into that later. So we we have been there. We and I, I will admit, yeah, it is. It's aggravating, but this this game right here, we go from like a ninety point um route against uh against another rival, Dayton, and then this game, all we're undefeated. All the juices are flowing. They're ranked as well. That was one of the grittiest, ugliest games I've. It turned into a somewhat kind of a rock fight compared to what, what we were kind of used to. I mean, scoring this 86 was, against Michigan. We this was prime Mick, though. I mean, this was, was prime Mick. Yeah, just absolutely take the air out of the ball. And I remember this was like Gary Clark was really good in that one. I think he had a uh, like a layup that he was trying to get off before the buzzer and couldn't do it. He did that like five times in Cincinnati, like trying to dunk before the buzzer and he would be in his hands. Like he did it so many fucking times. It was really weird. Um, but I actually don't remember a ton about this one because I think – the 2017-2018 one was so crazy. Like, I've never seen a coach try to find a player. Like, that game just had so many moments. Um, but I do remember a little bit of it. I remember Jalen just being on one because Jalen Jalen was the most entertaining player I think I've ever seen. Yes. This was the – but the one thing that we really remember from this game, this is the Edmund Sumner dunk. Oh, so we're, right. we're up by, like, seven at this point in the in the second half. And somehow, like, you know, that Mick Kernan defense that just parts the Red Sea and lets, yep. uh, lets the point guard – jump from the free throw line and ignite the home crowd. Legitimately uh, a top five Centos moment. Easily, I think. 
Oh what yeah. Oh, one hundred percent. The clips, the clips still gets played when hyping up the shootout. Yeah. So but, this is. So it was in like mid late second half, Andy. I think we're up like seven, eight, nine ish. We were up the whole game, but we we're, were absolutely up, like, up seven. Like one, put it. Yeah, we put were up your money exactly up seven. Good call. Don't Thank fact you. check me. I like the revisionist history right here. You're getting in the zone. I got to catch up. Um, but he catches it right at the perimeter, right at the top of the key. And it's just like the zone is trying to move, and Ed was a freak. Like, this was Ed, like, figuring out who Ed was. Like, at this point in the season, Ed was just getting fucking gross. Um, he takes just one dribble, and he was probably at the NBA three-point line, and just rises up and just fucking catches Octavius Ellis's body. And it was just over. Like, the stadium just went fucking nuts. I saw a face that Ed made that I never – like, he just was like – you know when a player's, like, surprised at their own shit? He's like, holy fuck. Fuck. Like, you can see it on his face coming back the other court. He's like, this was – that was fucking awesome. Um, that picture is still everywhere. Like, that was as cool moment as I've ever experienced in a shootout, hands down. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And we uh, – and from that, from that moment, it was like the Vince Carter, it's over. Literally. Like, the energy was just gone. Like, you see had nothing. It was over. I, I, I'm pretty sure Mick Cronin just went to the locker room right after that without trying to fight a player this time. He, he just left. You, you're like, okay, we lost. Like they, yeah. Yeah. I, I, especially I at home. Yeah. So, so winning the shootout, there's nothing better at this point. You know, Andy, we're undefeated. You know, we're what 10, 11, 12, and 0, and we just won the shootout. Can't beat that. Yeah. Um, so then we have Auburn. I remember was this was when Bruce Pearl, I think, was kind of new at Auburn. Like, so he wasn't really. It was rolling. just taken over. Yeah. So we we boat raced them pretty bad, and then at Wake Forest was actually a really really fun game. Um, Edmund Sumner, I think, had like 20, 22, 23. I mean, he was just cooking at this point in the season. And, and like, don't fact check me on this, but like Chris Paul was at Wake Forest. And yeah, so, Paul, and, so Duncan, Edmund Sumner clearly is, is clearly better than Chris Paul. That is confirmed. That was a good um, team. He beat him head to head. Yeah, that was a good team. <laughs> Pretty good team. But, <laughs> so on to the Big East, Andy. Yeah, so <laughs> first, first Big East game. So we are 12 and 0. We're wrong. We just, um, we, Knocked off two rivals and um, two um, local Verizon teams, so we are we are just we feel like we're on top of the world. Could not and be then, <laughs> Like, I I probably got erect about three inches at that point. Had a boy. So we, we we were we could we were living on the, living the high life, and then we go <laughs> to Philadelphia to play Villanova in the Pavilion, and I swear to God, there is no. Better team, no, no better player than Ryan Archidiacono in the pavilion against Xavier. I'm not going to call that him dad, dude. even if there's a fire. <laughs> that that <laughs> dude, oh, he, I, they could not miss. Like, because I really don't feel like our offense started off that. Like, oh yes, we started off in a huge hole, it was like this 21 was to five. Andy, this was officially when Villanova was daddy. Yes, like we had not yet conceded. Villanova yet like when we came to the Big East like we were like okay yeah like we've we've ris- we've risen to the top of every conference we've ever gone to this was when Villanova was officially daddy we come in undefeated we we're there were 16 it says here I don't know what we were ranked we were probably in the top 15 at the time and we come in feeling really really good about ourselves and lose by 30 like just got see, at this point in the poll let's see it's at the top to December 31st we got oh, we were- yeah you got to do a little like uh like we're uh, number one in the country, Andy. And a yeah. geography key, kind of let check the legend and match it up, and right, Andy. We were number one in the country, if my judging matter. judging by the sun, we were a we were a top one team, and we weren't <laughs> one. 
Yeah, we were number one in the country after beating Tim Duncan. Oh, as the course. son, as the son of Daddy. <laughs> oh, th- what a segue! What a se- as the son of Villanova. <laughs> and so, do, you, do you guys do you guys still get um do you guys still get Father's Day presents for them? <laughs> yeah, we give them a free trip to Cincinnati. You guys should come through. We can get three generations together. You get Nova, Xavier, and Dayton. Get three generations. That'd be a good photo. <laughs> oh man! No, this are, are you okay, are you okay being the grandson though? Oh, <laughs> you got to win here first. You got to got to win at Papa's house first. Our, our athletic director. We were at a Xavier bar when they did like a live podcast. He said that Dayton can come to Cintas whenever they want. Open invite. Yeah, I think Neil Sullivan's scared. Yeah, I don't know if that's <laughs> happening anytime soon. Um, but it goes. Any, anyway, yeah. So speaking, um, of- so, speaking of daddy, Villanova just completely ran us out of the room building. Like, that was the time where we're like, and it was our first Big East game. We came in 12-0, and 0, and like, wow. Our, what did we just get into? Like, it was our first Big East. Yeah. Like, they just ran us out of the building. That was a very humbling experience because we were like that, that that opened up more question marks yeah we like how tough was our schedule actually we just came into our first conference game of the season and just got fucking banged well, hindsight's 2020 it's just villanova against xavier they're just going to shoot 65 percent. that's just how depressing game. was your new year's that day um i don't remember <laughs> drunk <Fair. laughs> yeah and so that, <laughs> that, that I, I drank a lot that night yeah. That was that was it was a nooner. I'm I'm pretty sure it was a nooner, and so I started my day off hyped as hell. I we are playing playing a ranked Villanova team. That their big name Jay Rice's got his suit on. He's looking good, um, <laughs> sexifying the place up. And can I just and, say that showers for the new rules? Like I'm so ready to not have Jay Wright like wearing his super suit to freaking games. Like, can is Jay gonna be the only guy in the country that wears? suit still that's a, honestly a good question like i feel like he's the only one that will like not wear a pullover but I mean, he'll still look he, really good that's that's the thing he'll look good in whatever he yeah. wears <laughs> he should wear a tuxedo t-shirt <laughs> he'd look really good still yeah, better than being in a suit for sure it'd sell out immediately <laughs> I kind of like that idea. They should do a giveaway. Villanova should do a giveaway. Tuxedo t-shirt night. Jay Wright should wear it. I'd wear it. He should start a clothing line. I'm going to say it. Golden ticket idea. But anyway, so Andy, we bounced back against Butler, who, honestly, they've kind of taken on our Dayton, honestly, a little bit. Butler is kind of our new Dayton in the Big East. Like, we really, really don't like each other. Um, They are the most AAC team in the Big East. Like, just looking at their fan base. And I don't know if you know what we mean by that. We hate the American Conference, too. There's like they're mouth breathers. You know what I mean? Like Butler is like out there in this barn in Indiana. Like all these big East schools are all like city metro kind of schools, like yada, yada, yada. And they're just out there in the cornfields. Just like their Twitter dudes are nuts. You talk about VCU, like their Butler Twitter dudes, the the seven that they have are just wild. Like just (laughs) like real life DJs, like not like DJs in a funny way. Like, just like, like they are the type oh. to tweet at players telling them to off themselves yeah, it's over just a basketball terrible. game. They're terrible. They're like um, mentally sick. Like if, if a recruit chooses a different school, if they if they lose out on the three star recruits that they top <laughs> out off 
at um that he was never good enough to come here. He should think he's terrible. We don't care. Shoot. We don't care for those guys. Um, yeah. we looks like we won eighty-eight to sixty-nine at home. Nice. I, we gave him that. We're a generous, yeah, uh, a right. generous act. You let him get to sixty-nine, then you have to stop him the rest of the game. That's how it goes. Um, uh, so, so we kind of pick back up, Andy. So we lose at Nova real, real bad. Then we pick it back up. Wins against Butler. Wins against Saint John's, DePaul, and Marquette. Um, this was before we lost every game to Marquette. I think we've lost what, like six of the last seven against those guys lately. Lately, and, um, Steel's oh. beaten. Steel beat Woj once. Okay, <laughs> Woj is tough to beat, bro. He's he's kind of wild. Um, <laughs> fucking won't be able to beat him any longer. <laughs> <laughs> no, we missed our opportunity. It's kind of sad. That's correct. Well, that's because Woj is going to get the Duke job in a couple of years. Um, I can't believe he actually said that. Matt Norlander said on his podcast two years ago that Wojo was going to get the Duke job. Like he like said, "Quote me on this. Wojo is going to get the job." Uh, craziest thing I probably ever heard of national guy. So, um, Andy, we lose to Georgetown. What the fuck? Well, this was actually when Georgetown was still not whole. Yeah, they weren't good, but they weren't embarrassing. So Georgetown, it, it was like it was like two years removed from the FGCU game. They've just done an absolute so, nosedive. Like when the Big East, you know, when we got to the new Big East, they were pretty decent, like probably fourth or fifth, and they've just slowly just declined. I think they might have had DSR that year, Devonte Smith Rivera. That might have been like his senior year. Um, he was really, really good at Georgetown, but God, that's that program has been such a we shit on them because they're just such a waste of space. Like, oh, I fucking hate Georgetown; they're just fucking useless. Um, but anyway, then we go back on another run, Andy. One, two, three, four, five more wins in a row, including at the Paul, which is no joke. Uh, that is one hell of an environment. All one hundred of those fans packed in there. Um, but wins against Seton Hall, who was good. I think this was before they were really catching on. Um, but then at, I say Whitehead was still there, though. I'm pretty Andy, sure. Andy, this Providence game was a blockbuster, though. At Providence, they were number ten in the country. I think this was when we were up there, like six, seven, you know, five range. This was like Xavier was, you know, we were like a top ten team in the country at this point, right? We we were we were definitely pushing it. Um, I know it was a top ten game for sure. Yeah. Oh, the Nova was uh, three versus five. Holy shit! That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think three is the highest Xavier's ever been. I think. You're right. That was we were three in the country at that point. Um, but yeah, this was a top ten game at the dunk. Uh, this was when... interesting to see them in a top four. That's <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, but this was Andy when I feel like the new Big East was kind of starting to form its identity. Um, Providence was starting to get kind of good. I feel like the the cream was kind of rising a little bit, um, and pro- and kind of rivalries were starting to take place. Like we were starting to really not like Providence. Butler had kind of taken on Villanova and us had kind of started button heads a lot more. Seton Hall was getting good. We were kind of like seeing who was going to be, you know, the powers. Um, but this was a really, really big game. This was the Chris Dunn, Ben Bentel team. Um, and that team was really freaking good. I remember we opened up the game kicking their ass. It was like 16 to four. And then Chris Dunn went on like a personal 13 run. And then from then on, it was a really, really tight game the entire time. We had Bill Raftery and I think, I think just Bill Raftery on the call. I don't think we had Gus, um, but Braff was on the call. And I remember, I don't know, Andy, you can talk over me at any point in time, but just back and forth the entire game, you know, Ben Benzel and Chris Dunn both did their thing. Um, but I remember we were, it was really, really close down the stretch, like a minute left, two or three point game. I think we were up two and I think the shot clock had turned off and Chris Mack was trying to get a timeout. Um, and they passed to the corner. Andy, I'm sure you probably remember what I'm talking about now. I passed it to the wing to J.P. Mucura, who's just an absolute, you know, psychopath. Um, <laughs> he just fucking is. Catches it on the wing. Chris Mack is signaling with the ref on the sideline for a timeout. JP launches it way before, like before Mack can get the timeout. Nothing but net. Ball game. 
Like, and Mac, like you could see when they got to the fucking, you know, the huddle after, just pulls him in like, motherfucker, like, I hate you, but you just won me the game. So I can't be that mad. Um, <laughs> JP was always kind of Chris Mack on the floor. I, and I don't know if you feel the same way. I felt like he kind of embodied Chris Mack, you know, on the floor. He was kind of like, you know, sideline to floor kind of personality of Chris Mack. Yeah, so I mean, he he was the he, he was what uh, Chris Mack was as a coach. Only yeah. he got to bring that out onto the, especially like when he first started. Like, he was the energy guy. He was the guy that would just piss people off. And, and Mac got into that. I, Mac yeah. totally enabled him. I don't know if JP would have been JP at another school. I mean, I think I, he would have. He still would have been himself. But Mac really enabled him to talk his shit, to do his thing, be himself. Um, it's funny. With Rick. What's that? Along with Rick, like Mac and Rick together with JP, that <laughs> yeah. brought it. That brought yeah, it Rick, out. Rick Carter, was, uh, you know, recruited him, and they were like best friends. He was assistant coach at Xavier. Um, he helped us coach TBT, or he was our head coach for TBT. Um, but anyway, like it's funny, you know, I was talking to JP, and he told a story about you know when Mick tried to fight him. This is you know a little sidebar, but Mac you know, went with him in the locker room, and Mac was like, you know, I wouldn't have done it, but me twenty years ago would have done it. So he just like totally. <laughs> told JP to just be JP and to do his thing. Um, so I think he totally enabled that, but that was a legendary shot. And I remember Bill Raffi on the call. He's like, JP from Minneapolis. Like it was just a really, really cool call. Um, yeah. Onions from Minneapolis is what he said. Cause JP's from Minnesota. He said onions from Minneapolis. And that was a really, really big game. And I think a big part of like JP starting to become who JP was, you know, cause um, as a sophomore on this team, he was the sixth man. And I think he won biggie six man of the year this year. Um, but he was, I mean, that was the, the the strength of this team, Andy, was its depth. I mean, we went – we had a really, really, really good top six. I mean, none of them were – they were all starting level. Like, yeah, so, um, yeah, th- this team, what we talked about this a while ago, was it wasn't our most talented team, but it was definitely our uh, most all-around deepest team. Uh, and they were the team just that was just set up to go on a run. And they they did. And, and honestly, like it, it, its talent level was high. I mean, two NBA no, guys. I'm just with the um the t- the yeah. um most talented team was two years later. Yeah, exactly. Um, two NBA guys. That's not even including Trayvon Blewett or Jalen Reynolds. Um, and then James Farr as a senior was just an unbelievable player. But you know, with this team, you know, just talking about them for a minute or two, you know, kind of what made this team great. Just the ball movement, bro. Like, I, I don't think I've ever seen a less selfish basketball team at Xavier, and as good as this team was, it was the ball movement. I mean, literally ping pong offense, man. Like. I don't think that they, I don't think I've ever seen another team just buy into a team concept as much. As uh, uh, there, like no one gave a single fuck who took the shot, as long as it was a good open shot. Which was our biggest strength, but also you know kind of foreshadowing biggest weakness at the same time. Um, we didn't have the dude. I mean, we had a lot of really good players. I think it was kind of a, a struggle of like, is it Ed? Is it Trey? Is it Jalen or James? Like we like we never really knew who the dude was. We never identified. We never identified. All right, when well, we need a bucket. This is who we're going to give it to. Yep, exactly. Yeah, because we'll we'll Ed, Ed, both Ed and Trey were having a we'll get to having that a great season. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but the Providence game was an absolute blockbuster. Uh, I think that was a, a huge game for us, uh, top ten matchup. I think that was. I think the week after this is when we got our highest ranking ever. Um, so we went at Providence, and then you know, like I said, an absolute gauntlet at the Paul. Uh, somehow we ended up winning by twenty-one. You know, probably played the game of our lives. Uh, and then we win against St. John's. That's back when you know St. John's. I mean, they sucked in the beginning, Andy. Oh, yeah, that, that was the. Um, let's see. I was at this game. This was um, Chris it was, Mullen's uh, my favorite Big East coach, hands down. I love Chris Mullen. 
And because uh, this is when like Samori Bonds like just um came like came in right? Yeah, like, they had Mullen two guys, they had two guys that went off for thirty. A quick story about Chris Mullen. He was just an absolute joke of a head coach. Like literally did no coaching. Uh, at a Xavier game one time, the the Xavier uh, student section made him a balloon animal um, and brought it to him, and he kept it in his pocket the whole first half and kept, like, playing with it. Like, dude is just an absolute clown show, and I miss him so much. He was so much fun. and he just, Excuse me, sir, is that, with, like, is that a balloon in your pocket? Or right. you just and he kept, like, play playing with it. it. Like, the game's going on, and he kept being like, this is cool. Like, you're making, like, oh. $1.5 million a year. What the fuck are you doing? He was the best, bro. I loved him. He, in post-game press conferences, there was literally no one that ever looked more clueless doing anything than Chris Mullen in a post-game press conference. Like, just, like, he looked like the kid that goes to school and didn't read the book. Like, uh, bro, you were there. Like, you were at the and, game. And, like, you can't even talk about it. And, and then there was the, um, uh, then there was the game where he was, it was in the middle of a timeout, and uh, Chris Mullen was tying his shoe while one of his seniors was coaching them up. And they drawn up a play. <laughs> he was awesome, dude. I loved him so much. And I think we went like eleven and zero against Chris Mullen. Like we didn't lose to Chris Mullen. I know that for sure. I don't know how many games we played when we undefeated against Chris. It was Mullen. it was like nine or ten because I think he got fired because we beat uh it was a twelve game win streak and um we beat uh Mike Anderson. Tw- yeah, it was, Mullen, it was ten. It was ten. Is Chris Mullen, the new Patrick Ewing, or is Patrick Ewing the new Chris Mullen? It's still Patrick developing. A couple years. Right. Um, we'll so like, yeah, we kind of we kind of rolled into that um. So we kind of rolled rolled through the rest of that Big East. I mean, we lost we lost to Creighton, but that's kind of that's kind of typical. We always Creighton's a team that we have always struggled against, struggled against playing at the Chai. Going to Um, Creighton sucks. Yeah, yeah. So um, that that one we weren't really too worried about. It was kind of a. (laughs) I would say it's like kind of a loss that like you know. Every every team you kind of brush off, move move on. I'm not going to say it's a loss that you needed. Um, but it's a lot brought you back on earth. Like, okay, we go to Nova, to Creighton, to Providence. We're going to lose at least two. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, brush that off. We roll off three more wins. And then it's the rematch. Top five matchup in Cincinnati. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. You can't skip the Butler game, bro. Okay. Why the is, fuck do we need to talk about the 13th? Oh, okay. Go for it. Beyonce put out the <laughs> best album of all time, but I'll let you finish. Um, okay, just give me give me ten seconds. So, JP was JP towards the end of the season. So we're at Butler. <laughs> oh shit. Okay, so JP dunked at the end of the game and screamed in their face. Uh, Andy. All right. <laughs> all right. Three seconds to spare. It's perfect. Oh, right. clock. Hey, me you every asked night. For ten seconds. I gave you ten seconds. No, I finished early like usual. <laughs> Big Jake Coop. Coop Andy, from the ahead. clouds. Coop, blink tight, speak and hear me. Go ahead, Andy. All right, beautiful. All right, yeah, so J- JB dunked on their ass and drank out of a water fountain. And <laughs> did. Um, oh, so we get to the top five matchup, and um, that – that Centaur Center is rocking. And keep in mind, this is a team that blew us out of the water by 31 in the in the middle of this in the first, in our first Big East game. We could have done a whole podcast about this game. We probably could have because this is, this is the most legendary Centos game of all time. 
And so I, I remember, uh, um, I was at, I, I remember I had to walk in, uh, the girl I was dating at the time, uh, <laughs> she was not a basketball fan at all. But, Surprise um, didn't work out. <laughs> and, so I show up, I show up to her, uh, her apartment. I, I have to tell her, like, uh, she's making dinner and I have to, um, get up and be like, um, just so you know, Xavier plays Villanova, like, right now. And um, I'm not going to talk to you for the next two, two and a half hours. Oh, and <laughs> so I went to another room. Sure, that went over well. <laughs> and you guys aren't <laughs> still together? We're not, surprisingly. I don't know what Stop. got in the way of that. Um, I go into, like, their guest room and watch. I'm watching it on this tiny, um, like, oh. like, a 20-inch TV. Rude. But I'm I'm standing up there like Michael Scott, and uh, I walked in <laughs> right into the wall. <laughs> I'm Sometimes I just stand here game. for hours. <laughs> Finally <laughs> broke down. Huh? That was good. And, and like, <laughs> I, I'm still nervous. Like we're playing really well. Like we're talking about that ball movement before. It's ping ponging around. Um, and I remember, uh. But there's there's always like you know we're still playing Villanova. At some point they're gonna catch fire and just blow us out of the water. You get preparing yourself for that. But it turns out instead of us catching, instead of them catching fire, instead of Ryan Archer Diacono murking us, it was Makura heat check, bang, call an ambulance, but not for me. <laughs> and you was, motherfucker. Yeah, was, was JP the, the only one hitting at three that night, or did you also? <laughs> no, I, I I tried to hit the three, but I airballed. Oh, that's the that's worst. My boy. <laughs> and, uh, Did you have an eight second violation? Five. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so like um J- JP like they they get it they um he hit, he has a three and a half court offense and then. Uh, like the, the place gets rocking, and then Nova comes down. They take one of their quick threes, misses it. They get it to JP, back to JP, same spot in transition. A transition three is not something that a, every coach loves, but JP felt was feeling it. It was a heat check, a couple of steps behind the three point line, and nothing but that little twingy twine stuff, and that place went fucking bananas easily the loudest dust has a roof the loudest it had ever been hands down yeah that is just a legendary gus johnson call um yeah that was a moment where i'm like holy shit like we have a chance here we have a chance that's me that might be as happy as i've ever been like in a non-incidentally tournament game like that play oh yeah oh yeah like and like like i felt the same happiness jp did with his um chin to his uh like his mouth wide open chin to his chest um because he's smiling at her and just getting pumped and jacked was it up better than how hype larry austin got larry austin was so hyped. i don't think there was anybody as hyped that didn't make the shot than larry austin that, was just just watching that two second clip of larry austin will warm your soul yeah um that, that was one like i like um i ran around that apartment after that shot like, i i probably had noise complaints because they were on the third floor and uh, I'm <laughs> just going fucking crazy point? after that one. Right. 
Yeah, exactly. But so we ended up finishing that one and we kind of won that one going away. I mean, we didn't, um, we only won by seven, but um, down the stretch there, we were, it, the game was in hand. We were up 13 to 15, which was wild because let's see, this is 15, 16. So we had already played Nova five or six times going into this game and never got close. Like yeah, they, not they once did we beat us every single game. So to finally get that monkey off the back and get our first Nova win, uh, narrator, the next one wouldn't come for another eight games, but to finally beat Villanova uh, and get that monkey off the back felt really, really good. Especially when they're number one in the country. Can't beat that. Um, and then they went in the national championship that year. Um, but anyway, we go to Seton Hall, who was really good. I mean, Seton Hall, I think, was underrated this year. Uh, we lost on the road, and then we finished the game, finished the season uh, in an absolute shootout, 98 to 93 against Creighton. Um, they're going to shoot the ball. That's what they do. Um, but anyway, so hell of a regular season. Um, I'm, you know, blanking on the win loss totals here, but um, looks like we're 26 and four. Uh, in, in a pretty tough schedule because we played a hell of a non-con, Andy. I mean, we didn't have any, like, blockbuster non-con games, but um, three ranked opponents, uh, a lot, you know, I think another three or four power conference teams. Um, for a Big East slate, I mean, that's pretty damn decent, especially when you're going 26-4. Right, yeah, I, and it was, like, when you have a schedule like the Big East schedule, it's just a fucking gauntlet every single year. We had, like, our non-conference was, it was good enough to prepare us for it, and we had a couple um, top 25 teams, a top couple tough gritty teams in there um to prepare us so we were very well prepared um had, didn't didn't walk through it um <clears throat> but to, so to finish that season the way the way we did um uh, to finish the regular season was oh my god we're final four bound like this is our year we're finally on the national stage we're gonna break through we're gonna we're gonna bust right through that wall <laughs> um big fan of busting and yeah um, then the um NCAA we get to the NCAA tournament team we get a two seed and we end up playing so Weber State we Weber State um the Fighting Damian Lillards and won that game pretty handily like we did exactly what we needed to that day so we didn't look great. Dayton also bad. lost Dayton also lost by thirty in the same building that day so just just to add it on top could be worse. All right, so yeah, that... cut that. <laughs> <laughs> no need. Like this is my podcast, so um, leave it in there. <laughs> yeah, Andy's the captain. Now. Yeah, yeah, Jerry, you did tell Andy he's it's his podcast, so yeah. <laughs> I'm the captain now. <laughs> you did put him in charge. I did. Immediate regret. <laughs> and th- that's why I didn't bring anything up until until now. Yeah, I never until, did and, that. I tried. I learned he's the first time. Can't put Andy in charge. <laughs> then. So yeah, d- didn't look great, but you know we got the job done. Um, Jalen Reynolds had a uh, had a really good game to carry into the second round game where Star played well too. Yeah, oh yeah. Um, and then that, that, that's a, that's really good news going up against a team like Wisconsin, who they're a lot like they're a lot like UC. Um, they're gonna shoot it pretty efficiently, but they're gonna um, really lock down and play tough tough defense, especially down low. And I'm gonna start getting emotional here. They're going to grind the fuck out of you. I'll pick up. So, yeah, I mean, going into the Wisconsin game, I mean, I don't think anyone had any doubt that we would win uh, on our side. I mean, it was kind of like uh, looking – we were looking ahead to the Sweet 16. I think when you're yeah. a one or a two seed, you expect to win the first two, and then it's you know then it's game on from there. Um, so I think yeah. we were expecting to win the game pretty easily, uh, to be honest. I, you know, I mean, it's an it's turn game. Once you get past the first round, they're all they're all tough. But we, we thought we'd win this one, you know. Pretty I mean, Wisconsin easy. scored 47 points the game before – to yeah. win the first shot game. Yeah, they looked like shit. Um, and, and they're just never a team that wows you. I mean, you watch them and you're just like, 
Okay, like this is going to be. They're the cool. worst team to watch. It's terrible. They're, they don't look good. Uh, but at the same time, though, Andy, I feel like both years that we had those crazy regular seasons, whether it was the two seed year or the one seed year, like we just didn't. I felt like we peaked. Like there were big moments during the regular seasons that felt like the peak. Like the Villanova game was so big, but I feel like that in and of itself was such a big, like, you know, door to kick down, like beat the number one team in the country, beat the best team in the conference, um, you know, and punching that high. Like that felt like the peak, like that felt like we kind of like did our, did the thing. I feel like we never looked the same. Uh, we, we were still good, you well, know, and we, well, still, like, you know, yeah, and we still easily could have beat Wisconsin. Like, well, then, then you th- think about this, like we're playing Wisconsin and uh, Jalen Reynolds was having a good game. He's a beast on the boards. And I, I remember specifically in the second half, he grabbed an offensive rebound and just said, you know what, ball, meat, basket, fuck yeah. everybody else. And, and it like, it, you ever play like the balloon game at home where like a balloon's in the air and you just have to keep it up as long as you can when you're like a little kid? He was playing that game with like other grown men. Like, he literally <laughs> tipped it like all over the court on a fast break. He didn't even dribble. Like literally for like 20 feet was just like, nope, nope. Like people were trying to grab it. And then he just grabs it and just slams it and just goes nuts yeah. to go up eight. And I'm like, it's Fizzo. Yeah, and like we had a like we built a sizable lead. We were winning most and, of the game. Yeah, like, we were winning the like, game. Yeah. We started pulling away, and we're like, all right, fine, we're, we did the job. Let's let's get let's, let's get, get the, the Sweet Sixteen here. Let's let's yeah. let's run the clock out and get to that second weekend. We we need some time off. Um, and then Bronson Koenig decided you know he's gonna hit not one uh three, then he's gonna. I'll follow up with another one. And then, you know what? Let's still keep Miles Davis and all five, six of him guarding Bronson Koenig. No, but he has another three. Miles Davis is one of the worst defenders. I mean, worst, like, on-ball physical defenders we've ever had. Like and He's just small. Like he, Yeah, he's like, just he does small. Right things, he just, yeah. Um, so the thing is, I'm fat. But I'm slow. <laughs> um, like that was that was literally Miles Davis. Um, great player. He just wasn't athletic at all, and he was <laughs> not tall. Um, so that, I don't understand that guard at all. Like if you put JP on him, JP's eating that shit. Um, I, I don't know. So, but but so it goes. And then also too, I mean, the play that we all remember. You know, Edmund Sumner just dribbling down the you know the sideline and just kind of just like looking like a you know. A player that had a monster steal his talent. Like he just I don't know what the fuck happened. Like he just like had the soul stuff out of him and just, you know, turned the ball over. Like 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 uh, Andy, like what the fuck was that? I still to this day uh, don't know. Talk about the, the very f- end of the game? Yeah, the charge call. Oh, no, you know, here's exactly what happened. All right, like, so Monstar um, stole his talent. Like this is bullshit. Uh, like I think you're remembering it wrong. I'm gonna fact check <laughs> you here. Because um Edmund Sumner dribbled down and um uh fucking uh, that it was a uh, shoemaker. Yeah, the the Brad Davidson before Brad Davidson. Um, uh, he set in front and like just threw himself back. There was no contact. Edmund Sumner actually threw up a shot and made it. Yeah, I feel like he was so, out of control though. Wasn't he like falling uh, forward though? Uh, he, he, uh, he, uh, he was. Um, it was a quick pull up that there wasn't a lot of room, but there was no contact with uh, um, shoemaker. He just threw himself back. And he um he was going a little forward, but no contact whatsoever, and made the shot. So that should, by rule, be a blocking foul, and one Edmund Sumner's at the line, and uh yeah, and like we're we're going up three. No, instead, it's a it's a tie game, a charge call, and um Wisconsin dribbles down and uh takes it a half court. 
and yeah, well, and, I'll never, I'll never, I would say I'd watch the film, but I'm never gonna watch that shit ever again. Um, but I remember it just being one of those moments, like we kind of talked about earlier. It's like we just didn't know who our dudes were. Um, wow. Oh, End of story. <laughs> yeah, go get a beer. Um, we just didn't know who the dude was, and, and in the big moment, you could tell we didn't have a guy to pass it to. We didn't have a, you know, a, a game plan. It was just kind of here, Ed, like here, have a freshman guard, and then somebody tournament uh, do his thing. Probably the most, I don't know, Andy, I mean, we'll talk about it for a minute or two, but probably the most heartbreaking loss that I've ever seen. Um, I remember sitting in, so um, I just, I saw, I was starting a new job the very next day, and, <laughs> um, and we played a 10-15, and that happens. I sat in my chair and stared at a wall for an hour, and yeah. just, I, I swear, I, I sat there, and only one tear just slowly <laughs> went down my face. And I just could not believe it. I woke up in the morning and drove 30 minutes to start start this new job where I have to, like, be happy to meet people. And I'm just devastated. Not ideal. I'm, so, Andy, it was, just, it was just like every other day at work? Just every other day. So I'm devastated. Well, if we had won, Andy, and you had gone in that state, it probably would have been worse for you. Well, I will, I will actually get to that when we talk about next season. Fair enough. Fair enough. Because uh, a very similar experience. Yeah, absolutely terrible. Uh, just, just you know, I mean, that was the best season we had ever had in regular season history, in my opinion. Um, and and yeah. in, in our minds, like we've never been to that. We've never been a seed that high. And like we're we're like because in our minds, like we're Xavier. We've never we've never been to this point. A couple of years ago, we also had this question of where we were as a program. Do we ever get back here? And then we get into. But we still have some high expectations. We we end up losing uh, James Farr and Jalen um, Reynolds. So um, Jalen decided Jalen went on to start his professional career. Um, so and that was that we brought in like was it Rashid Gaston? Yep, we bring in Gaston, and, Malcolm Bernard, and Kaiser Gates. Yeah, and um, uh, Tyreek Jones. Tyreek Jones' freshman year as well, and Quentin yep. Gibbs' freshman year. Which, yes, yeah, so big piece later on. Uh, um, but yeah, but you come in with huge expectations. I mean, Ed was a projected lottery pick the following year. Yes, um, he had had such a big season. I mean, a six foot six point guard. Um, you've seen what Trayvon Blue can do at this point, and um, yeah. you, you've seen JP McCurry gets his first um, role as a starter. And but this was a top ten preseason team. This was the yeah. first year we had had like a big preseason ranking and. Yeah. Years, like years and years and years. I think we were at least top. I think we were like top seven. 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 Yeah, our preseason ranking was way up there. So this was the hype year. Like the previous year, there wasn't a ton of hype going in. Like we thought we had a chance to be good, but you didn't know. And then we were just leaps and bounds better than anyone could have ever expected. But this was the year where all the hype was in. Like Trey and Ed, I remember coming in this season, had so much hype. Like those two. And and JP was really, really good. But Trey and Ed had all the hype going into this year. Uh, JP was like, you know, Robin's cousin, and to um, and and Trey's Batman and Robin. This was such a fun time in Xavier basketball. I mean, obviously the season before that sucked, but you kind of just felt like stuff was really coming together, and we were just you know getting really really good. I mean, that was just such a jump from what we were used to for the previous three or four years of just kind of being underperforming and just I mean you know we had just been been underwhelming for Xavier basketball for a little while. So to have a year like that and have so many guys coming back. Uh, we felt really, really good about where we stood. So um, we were just in a really, really good spot. So coming into the season, you know, top 10, uh, and we start well. But I remember, you know, just following practice that year, Andy, 
Like, we, like there was so much struggle from the beginning of who's the guy. Like, it was, it felt like an internal struggle of is it Ed's team or is it Trey's team? Like, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah, and that was that was always going to be a conversation. And of course, like you know, um, look, that's that's kind of one of the um, big reasons I enjoy not being in the national media's eye all the time because they would have just made that debate much much worse. Um, but it, um, kind of just be like it was kind of a um, internal debate. But kind of luckily, we didn't have a whole lot of ego in this program. So it didn't become a huge problem, but other than it's those still, yeah, other it's still, than, yeah. It, it's still like you know who who gets the ball in the in the big moments. Who's your go-to guy? You really don't know. Yeah. Um, so we'll we'll speed this season up a little bit more than last year. Um, but coming after that Wisconsin loss, I mean, there was a lot. I mean, we kind of owned that as a theme. Like I remember, like the the preseason or the pregame like video, whatever the fuck, the hype video, whatever. Like they would you know play that clip you know what i mean like it definitely was like part of the theme like unfinished business was kind of like the, the deal but like we started off the season well like we said the number seven coming into the like coming in and we never get good preseason rankings um but we were winning early on but not big i mean in our yearly very game we win by one in overtime uh start the season barely beating lehigh by three you know with with cj mccollum though so yeah so they, they, they always have cj mccollum yeah what were you saying? Um, and that was kind of like, that was also the year that, um, Miles Davis had his drama. So he got um, exactly. kicked off the team. Yeah, we should return Miles Davis, who was really, really, really good. I mean, Miles was one of the top six on that team, which were all had their moments. Um, but he had like off season stuff going on and he was supposed to come back mid season, but we'll get into that later. So we were without Miles too. So it just, it was a weird feel, uh, early on, but I remember, um, you know, you know, we're, we're going through the season, we're doing pretty well. And then we come to a stretch. Uh, where our first real games kind of pop up, um, where we go at Baylor, who was number nine in the country, and they kind of fucked us up. I mean, they did. Was, that was one they kind of expected. Um, yeah. It was at the time it was like a top ten matchup, but Baylor had those big athletic bigs, and we our 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 big was Rashid Gaston. So that was easily our our uh, Achilles. We were not week. we were not very deep at that position because we had um, Gaston. Um, Omera, Tyreek, and Omera was that. It was, it was always that third big, and that was kind of like really before Omera became. I mean, he was still kind of developing into the guy yeah. that we're going to talk about later. This was, junior Omera was okay. Senior Omera was really, really good. Yes, um, and um, then I remember the next game, Andy, uh, at Colorado. This game just fucking sucked. Like Bill Walton was on the call. We played like ass, and it just fucking sucked. I had to, I had to turn the volume off at halftime. Like I couldn't deal with it anymore. And we, like if you're winning and Bill Walton's being a jackass, it's fun. But if you're losing and Bill Walton's being a jackass, it just sucks. Like, and this was before I knew I loved Bill Walton. Like at the time, like I didn't know I. This is when I found out I hated him. And I, I didn't still know he was, hate him. I didn't know he was a god at the time. I thought he was just like you know annoying. But at the time, I got Lord Walton now. Like you know, I he, he is the goat. He is absolutely one hundred percent. It sucks that. A game like that, like one of the few chances Xavier gets for Bill Walton to call the game, and it had to end up like that. It sucked. And Colorado just was not good that year. Like that was a bad loss. Even even on the road, that was a bad loss. Um, but we did we did get it right a little bit. Uh, we started going on like a winning streak here. So we went against Utah, who I think was okay. We went against Wake Forest, who was really starting to get bad at that point. Um, and then some easy Ws, Eastern Washington, and then the Big East starts. Um, so I remember going to the Big East, like, we kind of were like, I don't really know where we stand. Like, we felt like we were good, but we hadn't really clicked at all. Like, this team was definitely the opposite of the year before, where this team had a crap ton of talent, 
but was just underplaying where the team prior was like that was talented and good, but they were playing way above where anyone could have expected. Um, so going to the Big East, you feel good. You're like, okay, well, you know, we'll get it figured out. And, uh, you know, we still have all the pieces and all the talent. Um, and we win against Georgetown and St. John's. And then we go to Villanova, um, which is like the big turning point of the season. So uh, we go to Villanova, the number three in the country. I think we were like top 20 at the time, maybe. Um, and then Ed Sumner, like very early on, I think in the first 10, 15 minutes, if I'm not mistaken, Andy, uh, Gets went down, yeah. Went down, gets injured, done for the season. And, uh, and then, um, so like I remember exactly where I was when I found out about that in- injury. Um, I was actually uh, I was actually at work, and not to name drop, but um, CJ Frederick was like, Andy, did you hear? Ed's out for the season, and I'm just like in shock. Yeah, in complete shock, and I'm like. You're lying to me. You are like you know, I'm a Xavier fan. You're just you're just fucking with yeah. me right now, like no, because I thought it was like a little tweak of the knee. You'll be back in a um, week or so. No, he's like torn ACL, and I I, I left the room. I like he like I, a, I mean, he was the cornerstone of the team. Like, yeah, going into the season, I mean, I think we all expected him to be the best player, him and Trey. Like it, it, you couldn't really pick one, but um, man, Ed was. So talented. And, and then behind him, you got, like, point guard's such an important position. You have a freshman. <laughs> nothing behind him, especially with no yeah. Miles. Um, yeah. Without Miles Davis, we had nothing behind him. So We, we, we like, had a freshman who had no touch around the rim, couldn't shoot. Um, but we find out exactly how good that kid can be. So, yeah, so this was a shitty time. We lost by 25, We took, which is, isn't bad at Villanova for us, to be honest. Um, and then we go to Butler, who was number 12 in the country, and actually play a pretty close game. Um, but we do lose by five. And then it, it's just a gauntlet of a schedule, too, when after you lose, you know, arguably your best player. Then we have Creighton at home, who's number seven in the country. We lose that one. Uh, we beat Georgetown in a, uh, you know, pretty much a charity game because they're Georgetown. And then uh, and then this was a weird year, Andy, where the, the cross-town shootout was during the Big East part of the season. Um which was really, really weird. But we go to Cincinnati that year. Um, Ed just went down four four games ago. And early on – Go ahead. Uh, Ed played in this game. Um, Did Ed get hurt in the second Villanova game? Yeah, I think it was the second one. All right, but okay. uh, beside, the, beside the point, um, yeah, Ed, Ed did play. He didn't play well. But this was the Trayvon Blewett breakout game. Yeah, this Trey scored, when yeah. Trey is an absolute buck. He goes 12 for 12 in the first half. Uh, he ends up scoring 40 for the game, but unfortunately, everybody else forgot how to play offense. Um, it was like um, we couldn't rebound either. Yeah, that, yeah, there were that, three factors um, that like we all couldn't shoot, we couldn't rebound, and Jaron Cumberland decided he was gonna insert himself into um, into the national conversation because he that was his breakout game. We could not stop him, and yeah. it wasn't even like he was uh, hitting like he was just hitting very. Um, he'd beat his guy off the dribble and hit a pull-up mid-range shot just over and over and over. We could not stop him. We just didn't have athletic wings on that team. Yeah, like we didn't like it should have been Malcolm Bernard to get the guard there, but he like Jaron was really really strong though, so it would have been a tough guard for him. But Trayvon scores freaking forty, like had like twenty-five at halftime, and we were up what eight to ten at halftime. Um, just got dominated on the glass. I think that I think that at one point they had more offensive rebounds than we had total rebounds at one time. We got pumped in that game um which was absolutely brutal because like it's just a game that i want to win more than any game on the schedule in my opinion you know andy you talk about knowing exactly where you were with these unfortunate (laughs) events and stuff 
there's two things I remember most about this game. Number one, for whatever reason, I'm at work and I tell my coworker who's a Xavier alum and has the highest ERA in Xavier baseball history. <laughs> Not but to brag. I told him, uh, I'm like, Trey's going for like 30 tonight. He's like, yeah, okay, we'll see. And then, you know, at halftime, he basically has 30. And I felt like a genius. Uh, <laughs> second thing I remember most about this, and one of the most frustrating things is it's a waste of a game. We brought out the gray jerseys. That look great with the blue font on them, not that gray with white jersey or whatever, and and get beat in the gray jerseys. That that is very true because you like when you feel sexy and you look sexy, you got to play sexy. And only we had one guy playing sexy, and the rest of them played like they had Mick Kernan coaching them. And Jackie Moon out there, <laughs> big got Jackie Moon vibes. Got to play sexier than that. Yeah, not great. Yeah, definitely not great. But I mean, Trey still scored forty. Can't hard, hard and, to do that. So, like uh, at that at that moment, like, are like, oh, we just lost to UC? Now we're gonna have to hear about it for the next year or so. And, and at that following... point, we lost four out of five. That was our fourth yeah. out of five losses at that point in time. After being, you know, preseason top seven, uh, not great. Um, but then we win our annual Chris Mullen game because it's Chris Mullen. Um, and then we win against Seton Hall, which is, you know, a tough W. And then a win against Creighton. Yeah. This game I want to talk about right, real quick because this was when Quentin Godin and Tyreek Jones both had, both had their breakout game. Tyreek went for 16, and I think uh, 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 Quentin Godin went for about 13 or 14, and he had a couple threes. They were ugly threes, but they went in against Creighton, yeah. Um, they, they willed us to that win, those two freshmen. Um, was Ed was, like, was Ed playing at this point in time? When... Yeah, Ed was Ed was playing this time at this time. Okay, so then yeah. then the Villanova game where Ed does get hurt. That, that's we, when he gets hurt. We already yeah. covered all that. All right, I um, want to tell you exactly where I was during this moment. <laughs> <laughs> all right, um, who are you having sex with in the dump truck? Oh, um, he did say something pillow. about ugly threes, but still going in. <laughs> <laughs> and this is why we have Coop. <laughs> no, Coop never misses, like Villanova. Um, okay, and then the losing streak. So we lose. Mean, Ed. Do you also call Coop Daddy? Of course. Okay. And I like this without saying. I kind of like Coop Daddy. I think Coop Daddy just sounds good. Oh, thank you. That kind of rolls off the tongue. Of course, I'm here for you, champ. Um, so we Ed goes down against Nova. We lose one, two, three, four, five, six, six in a row. Um, after just, you know, looking like it was going to be a good season. Like, it wasn't going as we thought. Like, we thought we would be, like, top 10 good. Turns out we're, like, top 25 good. We couldn't really figure out who was the best player, but we're still solid. No without Ed, we're like, okay, the season's over. Losing six in yeah. a row, like, after losing one of our best players, it's over. Now, that was a point and, where, like, for the first time in the last two years, which, and that's a, that's a long time for my memory, uh, we have, like, we're like, we have to win some Big East tournament games in order to make the tournament, which I'm one, we're we're all in the minority. We couldn't give a fuck less about the Big East tournament. We want to win the NCAA tournament. Of course, like we want to win the um, Big East tournament, but it's not everything to us like it is some of these um, old head um, UConn and well, uh, your guys. Oh, you haven't done anything since the fucking '80s, so like all you have is the Big East tournament, right? So, but like for us, like the the Big East tournament, like the conference tournaments are just a pathway to the NCAA tournament. Like, you really, really care about them if you need to win games in them to make the NCAA tournament. 
But if you're already in, you really couldn't give a fuck less. But we had the what? perfect slump buster, like after our six-game losing streak, two games in a row against the ball. Like, you, you can't beat that. <laughs> like, fate was in our hands for sure. Um, but, Andy, I don't know about you, dude. It felt like such a slog, though. Like, the first half of that first DePaul game, like after the six-game losing streak, we still sucked. We were like, losing. We did, not, we did not look good at all. JP hit a shot from, like, 45 feet at the buzzer to go into halftime. Um, that, honestly, I felt like fueled a run. Then we started playing solid. I mean, I remember JP was, like, throwing lobs to Quentin Good in the second half. Like, Yeah, that was, that was awesome. That was when the juice kind of started flowing a little bit. Gus Johnson was on the call. And then we – Play, no, play DePaul again, so that's obviously another W. Um, and then we're, like, square on the bubble. Um, so we win the first round of the Big East tournament. Go ahead, Andy. Yeah, so I like, kept saying, like, I don't, I, I've, me being the um, National College Basketball Analyst and on the selection committee um, was saying this, if Xavier makes the uh, semifinals of the Big East tournament, then they're in. So here we are in the quarterfinals against Butler, who a team that we're kind of like – um, back and forth with, I mean, they were uh, number 18 in the country at this point, and I mean, they they were a shoe in NCAA tournament team, and they're one that we've always struggled with. This was the start of the Trayvon Blewett run, so yeah. like we're in this, we're we're in a dogfight, and I remember it's about what uh, 55, 55 at this point, and um, Trayvon Blewett. <laughs> Uh, gets to the elbow and does like a half spin fade away. Nothing. I'm just sitting like, why the fuck are you shooting that? And just tickles the twine. That shot is like it sparked Trayvon Blewett into just carrying us into the run that we're about to talk about. Yeah, Trey just went into another planet. Like once the Butler game like kicked in, like he just went otherworldly. And he was battling a pretty bad ankle injury, which like the the thing at the time, like everyone's like, I don't know if Trey's even gonna play. His ankle injury was so bad. Um, but he just went into another planet. And then we go against Creighton, uh, which yeah. so we won the Butler game. Was that good? Yeah. Oh, sorry. What? Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, we win the Butler game. Uh, and I remember when the buzzer went off. I just go to my. I was down in my basement with my dad, and I just turned on the screen. Fuck yes, let's go dancing. Yeah, and, that felt like we punched our ticket. I mean, we weren't going to get a good seed, but we felt like we punched our ticket. Um, we that's as loud as it was. <laughs> really? I don't want to blow your. I don't want to blow your listeners' eardrums. <laughs> he wants to blow that's, other that's things. Fair. Yeah. yeah. Not the Big blow guy, just not here. Yeah. Just not the eardrums. Um, and then we go against Creighton, uh, which had a really – Marcus Foster was the freaking man. Um, and he – it was like the Marcus Foster versus Trayvon Blewett game. Uh, I think Trey hit like a buzzer beater um, on our last possession of the game. So I think either tie it I – think, I think he tied it or we went up one. Um, and then uh, Marcus Foster hit a buzzer beater to win the game. Um, but we punched our ticket luckily. I remember we were the last team called. Like I think the last matchup called in the NCAA tournament that year because um, we were – uh, in a 11 seed against, against seed. Maryland. Yep. Um, so we were like the last team called. We were sweating, dude. Like, we felt like we were a lock. Like, you know, we knew we were close. We were yeah. thought we'd be, you know, top eight. We were, we were squarely on the bubble. And then we got that um semifinal, that, that semifinal appearance that, you know, me being the genius I am said that would be enough to get us in. And, um, but during that selection show, I have never Sweat. been so nervous. So I remember exactly where Andy was during the selection show. <laughs> where was I? Probably watching it somewhere. Somewhere in a room with a TV. <laughs> Uncanny. Uh, with, 
with, with a little That's bit of moisture in his Did... eyes, probably shaking his leg, hands in his pocket, rocking back yeah. and forth. I mean, I, I, then... I don't I don't sit during moments like this. Um, exactly, and then they Pro- then you see Eleven Xavier pop up on the screen. What what was your reaction, Andy? I ran a lap around my neighborhood. <laughs> I oh, believe. Did you, did you say anything? Did you yell anything? Oh, <laughs> uh, I'm. A, oh, I just said thank the fucking lord, and I started out running, then I uh um just finished the walk uh around the neighborhood, and I just. Nice Jesuit so much education there. <laughs> <laughs> he said, pleases me. Um, so then we go to the NCAA tournament, the sixth seed, Maryland. Uh, Andy, we're an 11 seed. We just were happy to be there, to be honest. And I felt like we had a decent shot. I mean, Trey was on fire, and you can't do anything with like – but we had no Ed. Like, we had just come back from the dead. So I'm, making the tournament was such a W. Um, but then we just kind of come out. We just looked like the better team, like, to start the game. Um, this Maryland team had Melo Trimble. Um, they had some dudes. This Mel- this Maryland team. They were, they were six seed for a reason. Like um, most te- most people had, they were favored. Uh, and I had them. I had Xavier winning in my bracket because uh, again, genius. Um, and was this uh, was this Diamond Stone? Was that his name? This might have been a Diamond Stone team. Oh I think this might have been a Diamond Stone team. Either him or Alex. Yeah, Lennon, it looked like he was chiseled out of fucking rock. Yeah, I made him do a stud in 2K multiple times, but um, that's unfortunate. He never became that good. Um, but, but, yeah, but Trey just was doing his thing. I think Trey scored – I mean, he scored at least 20 in every single game in the tournament. Um, but I remember Trey had this one play. We were up probably four, five, or six, um, a few minutes left, and Trey had this, like, this pump fake. Dude goes flying, and then Trey just drains the three and just looks down on him the whole way back down the court, and it was just over. Um, like I remember that play pretty vividly. But so yeah, we win the first game, and then we're going against Florida State, and this was like that Florida State team that had like three dudes above like seven two. I think um, Jonathan Isaac was on that team. Jonathan Isaac, they yeah. had Dwayne Bacon, uh, Xavier Tan Mays was on that team. Was Bobby oh, Hart on that team? It was just their, it was just their Orlando Magic. It was only it was the college Orlando Magic. Yeah, that is that is very well said. And like our Achilles heel was always those long athletic teams. Like I'm like Trey's gonna get fucked in this game. Like this is just not not gonna go well for us at all. Like yeah, I see the score ninety one sixty six. I thought that was what we were gonna lose by. Um, so then the three seed were freaking eleven. Like okay, like you know we we got one. You know this ended up being an okay year. Um, and we just fucking destroyed him. Like Andy, it started off like twenty five to seven. Like we we just we just came out raining. Um, I mean, Trey's doing his thing. Q is penetrating, and uh, with his vision, uh, like if you, if you if you let Q get in the middle, if you let him beat you off, beat you off the dribble, he's gonna find one of those shooters, and that's what he kept doing. Trey and JP just kept hitting, and um, Kaiser as well. And Florida State didn't give a shit about this game. Like I felt like we were just transition dunking the entire game. Good. Leonard like, Leonard Hamilton's still looking forty five years old, but he's looking forty five and confused. All I can see in my head is just JP just picking pockets like easily, and then just in fast break, just dumping off to Tyreek for easy dunks. Like it felt like the easiest. Like Florida State was just like, all right, fuck it. Like I felt like we went like twenty five up to like twenty five seven, and Florida State was like, all right, fuck it. You know, we had a good year. Like they <laughs> they mailed it in, dude. I don't think we were. I think in the second half they cut it to like fifteen or sixteen, but that was that was as close as it got. And, and then this was the on. game that um uh Leighton Strand. Clinched more NCAA tournament minutes than Ben Simmons. W. Wow. <laughs> that, is a, that is a fat W. Nice name drop, by the way. Um, I've heard you might know Leighton him. Leighton Schrand and Kaiser Gates are just 
Two excellent names. <laughs> Fantastic names. <laughs> so a huge win. And then like we're just like, wait, what the fuck is going on? Like you blink you blink your eyes and you're in the sweet sixteen. And like as an eleven seed, like I go into work and like everybody knows that I'm like I was like stressing and um so when I was at at my at that work I worked with another Xavier fan, a Kentucky fan, and an Indiana slash Dayton fan. Um, so Indiana didn't make last name Miller or something. (laughs) (laughs) But so, like after in that Sweet Sixteen, like with the last one stand, I'm the last one standing because Kentucky lost early. Indiana didn't make it. Dayton, you know, they do their typical thing. Uh, UC can't win more than one game. Yeah, you, you, it's the second weekend, so you know UC's out. Um, so, like, I'm the king, I'm the king of the world as the 11th seed. I'm the king of it's the world. It's hard to feel better than beating a three seed by thirty. That's, like, that's a pretty good spot to be. Like, not a lot of teams beat three seeds by thirty in the second round. Um, so that was pretty wild. And then, so, all right, we're back at it. Sean Miller again in the Sweet Sixteen. You, this, yeah, we already know where this story is going. Like, like before the game, like, all right. Playing against Arizona, we've seen this before. Let's accept, like this is probably where and it I ends. It was a this, great season. I thought this Arizona team was a lot better than the previous one. Like the previous Arizona team was really, really good. Obviously, like they were a two seed for a reason. But like I thought this team was way better. This team, I think, was one of the first two seeds. I thought they did enough to be a one seed that year. Um, this, Sean Miller started paying more. Sean <laughs> Miller upped his absolutely upped his budget. Um, this Arizona team was really fucking good. Um, this was, uh, Lori Markkinen, uh, Kobe Simmons, that team, um, Alonzo Trier. Alonzo Trier, this team was really fucking good. Um, yeah, the Comanche, uh, this team was really fucking good. So it's, it's just kind of what you would expect in the beginning. Uh, really, really close game. Trey and JP are playing their asses off. And at this point in the year, like it needs to be said, like Malcolm Bernard filled the gap like crazy transfer from Florida A&M. We did not Florida. mention that how he sparked the run. Yeah, like he like after that uh, six game losing streak that we talked about that included losing to DePaul, um, Malcolm Bernard had it. Uh, he got everybody together and he's like, guys, this is not us. And um, he really sparked that next winning streak and that grad transfer us. with one season. And he was he was good in the non, you know, like before Ed went down, he was solid, I guess. But like he became easily our third best player, like was really, really, really good. Like it was Trey. JP and Malcolm, like those were our dudes. And like Q was playing all right, but he was a freshman point guard, though. All kind of shit. Malcolm was awesome. Um, in this game, like Malcolm played his ass off. I remember there was a steal. He had a turnover in the first play of the game, and then runs back the other way and had this nasty putback block. Like he was, he was everything. Like Swiss Army knife. Um, but it's going like you would expect. We're down like three or four, like pretty much the whole first half. Um, and then going into the second half, it's kind of the same story. Like we're hanging with them, and then there's like five, six minutes left, and Arizona goes on a run. Um, and Andy, if you remember this, like we go down, like what, eight, nine, ten? Uh, uh, like I remember they went on minutes. the run. They were down, we were down eight and like, three uh, I'm, like I'm starting to set in like, all right, this, Fuck. Is, yeah. pro- this might get away from us. And it's like, you're playing with house money, but like you just, it's so rare to get these opportunities. Like to be in the sweet 16, two games away from the final four, like you have to capitalize on everything you can get. Like even getting there is tough. You know what I mean? So once you're there, you're this close. It's just – it's hard to, like, let it go even though you're playing with house money and your season was over 10 days ago. Um, But anyway, so, like, we're at this point, and you're like, fuck, like, it's now or never. Like, we have to play perfect basketball. And that's pretty much what we did. We played perfect basketball. And it starts with a corner three 
from number five himself, Trey 2K. And that sparked, that, that sparked the comeback right there. We were down eight, and um, I think it came off an offensive rebound. And yep. kicked out kicked out the tray in the corner right in front of the bench. And no, actually, I think it. it was Malcolm Bernard. Yeah, I know Malcolm had three. one. I knew Malcolm had one. Malcolm might have been the first one. I know that he and Trey both had big threes to get us back in the game. Um, but I know Malcolm did have a big one. Malcolm was so good at this point in the season. Like, he really came on. But then we got one from Trey as well. And then we're right in there. And then until it's just fucking – it's tied, right? Like, was that, was that when Sean hit his shot when it was tied? I, um. Yeah, we we were tied when uh when when Sean hit it, and that was just an absolutely incredible play call. So yeah, tied game was about forty seconds, and you're like, okay, like what's Trey Shaw gonna look like? And then he ends up just they ran a decoy play down to Sean O'Mara, who had like three dudes draped all over him, and somehow and, still gets a shot off and goes. And so we were like we ran that that decoy play was ran so perfectly where he we allowed Sean O'Mara to get. The perfect position, and was it JP that made the pass? I think it was Trey. Uh, okay, even like not not no, not yeah. no for his passing, just absolutely drops an over the shoulder dime, and uh, but then too, it's far from over. Like the ball goes in, yeah. like and you're like, okay, shit, we're up two. It's still yeah. a whole shot clock to work with. Um, and Alonzo Trier was on fire, like down that whole second, like the whole second half. Alonzo Trier was killing us. Um, and I thought he took a lazy shot, but I don't blame him. Uh, Ten seconds left, you know, Trier takes a little step back three. Uh, it goes in and out. out. And it just – it drops all the way in and bounces out somehow. Um, and the ball tips around for what seems like an eternity until Malcolm Bernard, like, just somehow comes away with it and just has daylight and tosses the ball up in the air. And you just, like, can't even believe the game's over. Like, we just fucking stole that one from Arizona. And um, then, like, so he tosses the ball up and then just completely decks a walk-on. Yeah, I think it was Barr just rock <laughs> slammed the shit out of him. Um, which I actually made like a My Heart Will Go On video dub to it. Just, and sh- yeah, he shouldn't he should have been standing there. And showed that like 17 times. Like I, that was a hell of a body slam. Um, but that's – I think many Xavier fans would say that's the most memorable game maybe ever yeah. in Xavier history. So we were, we were talking about the – like I, I, I started this new job. We were um, up, up late and um, I would have been like we won. We played that game a ten like another um, ten twenty game, maybe even like ten forty. The game ended at like one, and it was really late. Uh, we just beat Arizona. I'm just on fucking cloud nine. I did not sleep till about four o'clock, and I got up for my eight o'clock shift the next uh, the next Friday morning, and I just come in and uh, and the UK fan and the Xavier, the other Xavier fan are just waiting for me. And I just come in and just go, no, no, uh, no patience with there yet or anything. I'm just like, let's fucking go! And everybody at eight in the morning, I was still on it, and so that's exactly what it was like late at night after we did win. Yeah, I didn't sleep. Um, and then you know we'll we'll wrap it up here quick, but like we go into the Gonzaga game, and I remember texting my brother like, "You ready to go to the Final Four? Uh, we felt pretty good about the Gonzaga game, like. I think, but this was before Gonzaga was like Gonzaga. Like right now, I think they're you know blue blood. Like I think it's hard to say that they're not. Yeah, like they, they had never been to a Final Four either. Um, but yeah, that Gonzaga team was really fucking good. I mean, you have um, you have the big Russian lumberjack and Nigel Williams Goss, who absolutely 
went off against that us. Matthews, dude, was a dog, too, number four. Um, that team just had dudes. I mean, they were just a way better team. Like, we didn't play well at all, but, like, we lose that game 19 times out of 20. Like, that team was just, like, really yeah, good. It was like they, they, were, they were already hitting their – like, they shot about 53% from three, I'm pretty sure. It they, they, they went off. They did it not miss like, a shot. It, played like, it felt like playing Villanova. Like – they yeah, just they, fucking they couldn't miss. Like I felt we played well, but they just played out of their like they just played incredible. Um, especially after the um the JP half court shot going into halftime doesn't count. Like he got it off. He got it off oh, a little right. late. I forgot about that. Um, yeah, that just deflated the locker room. And at, at that point, Gonzaga got whatever they wanted because that that would have brought him to like a five point within a five point game. Yeah, everyone talks about that, and I it's like one of those games. It's hard to watch like NCAA tournament games you lost. So I don't even remember what the score was like at that point in time, but I felt like it was – I feel like it was kind of a moot point. I don't know like, how much we would have had either. Well, um, uh, so my, my, my remembrance is Gonzaga went on their little – they went on a little run, got um wide in the gap right before halftime, and then JP hits that shot. Momentum is just, like, back. Like, we feel yeah. like that we can, we can get it, and then it doesn't count, and just every bit of energy just gets drained. Yeah, and, it's possible. Um, I just feel like that team was the better team. Like, yeah, like oh, they, they were. Easily. Yeah, no question. That one's no doubter. That's not like the Duke game from 04 where we just are blown. Gonzaga was far and away the better team. But that is that season, man. Like, and that, like what a fucking run. <laughs> like, for that season, it's going to be dead. And, and like, the, the reason those two seasons are so important to us, because, like, it's such a great team, like, a great season, regular season that ended in a disappointing way. To a disappointing regular season that yeah. just we played out of our minds, and it was a major roller coaster, and set us up for just the most talented season, like the most talented team that we ever had—a first one seed ever—and kind of got us to the mat to the Mac legacy that we all knew and love. Does it um, does it taint things at all if I remind you about Dayton's Elite Eight run, like? Within our rivalry, you guys weren't even the first to make that run as an 11 seed. I didn't even hear um, that after word taint. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I just thought, started thinking mm. about taints. Uh, taint. <laughs> but um, I will say no because that's I, – I, outside of that sentence, I don't think about Dayton at all. Uh, like I love that. <laughs> Anyone that beats Ohio State is cool with me. Um, my other, my other question was going to be, um, have you guys seen the movie Fantastic Four? Negative. Ah, so you, you haven't seen Fantastic Four or a Final Four. Gotcha. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> I was waiting for it. You know, though, not that <laughs> Final Four saved me from getting a Xavier tattoo. Me and two of my coworkers were all going to get X's on our shoulders if they made the Final Four. Me too. Yeah, me too. I'm getting my nipples pierced once we win a championship. I'm getting my tank pierced. I want you guys to do that. I will tweet that. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing worse than Coop being bored at work. Because Coop being bored at work makes me do things. Yeah, we yeah, had to wrap that up. Coop being bored. Coop, you're not allowed to be bored anymore, my dude. Hope the new job sucks, by the way. Jeremy, you have to root for Xavier now because we have this on video recorded. So when Xavier actually wins... Tech is going to be yeah. screaming. I mean, I'll never, I'll never root for Xavier, but it will be a happy, uh, you got a happy moment if they, yeah, yeah, if they 
crush me and do those things. Uh, Perhaps um, be in the like at least Andy's piercing, piercing his nipples. <laughs> we yeah, got a pierced yeah. nipple and a pierced taint coming through, though. So that's right. Entertainment value. Yeah. You can have full rights to the the broadcast. Ooh, I'll, I'll give I'm you. In. I'll give you. You know, exclusive broadcasting rights to that. I'm in. <laughs> so, guys, this episode really kind of came about because one of our Dayton buddies, Joe, decided to respond to, uh, you know, the the worst place in college basketball, which, of course, Andy got suckered into with uh, <laughs> had to respond to a, a Cintas Center with a dumpster fire gif. Um, so I want to I want to close us out here on this. So I want you guys to go round robin one word at a time, and I want you guys to craft a response to Joe. Whose line is it anyway? Style. We'll start. How about we'll start with Andy. We'll go Coop, and then we'll go Cap. And you guys can go as long as you need to to complete your response. All eight seconds. Let's go, boys. <laughs> All right. So we'll go ahead and start with Jimmy. What am I supposed to say after you say someone's name? That is. <laughs> Carter in the response to Joe. Um, okay, yeah, Carter is the last dad. <laughs> Jimmy Carter is the last dad. Take that, Joe. Suck it. Jimmy Carter's the last dad. Period. <laughs> Got him. Roasted in clear daylight. I think oh, I can God. say Joe will be speechless and not sure how to respond. <laughs> Hope you don't have work tomorrow because I'm being productive. I, I thought that set. I, I thought that set up with um. Uh, I, I thought that was set up with you know Jimmy Carter was the last president uh, who saw you win in Cincinnati. <laughs> I mean, that would make sense, but this is the World War Podcast. <laughs> Jimmy Carter's last dad. Suck it, bitch. I, I told Joe I was going to get a response from you guys, and he's going to be thrilled. <laughs> <laughs> Against all odds. Oh, shit. There's no dad like the last dad, I'll tell you that. <laughs> That's right. All right, so last question of the night is, why is Xavier afraid to play date? I mean... So I have a simple response to this. I'm surprised to hear that. You don't respond to anything. Does Jimmy Carter have thoughts on this? <laughs> what about The Last so, Dad? He's The Last Dad. That'd be a good movie, so, The Last Dad. Jimmy Carter production. Right. So I want to ask, I wanna ask, answer your question with a question. What does playing Dayton do for us? How do we benefit as a high major conference team? A uh, from playing the Dayton Flyers. Capex has left the chat. <laughs> you proved that you're not scared. <laughs> I personally want to play the game. I think the yeah. rivalries are good for college basketball. And I, I, I'm I'm cool with it. Like I'm very cool with um scheduling a rivalry that you don't really benefit from, um because you know you're just gonna kick their ass anyway. Just little, just remind them that Jimmy Carr is the last dad and move on. <laughs> if we do play Dayton, I will literally make Jimmy Carr's the last dad shirts and we'll all wear them. <laughs>
there you have it. That is the story. And these are the college basketball stories. Is it 100% accurate? Yeah, that sounds right. Follow us on Twitter at the CBB Stories. Also, see all of our inebriated storytelling podcasts as part of the Stories Podcast Network at the Stories Pods on Twitter as our guests rewrite the past across various sports. Alcoholic drinks are consumed voluntarily by our guests at their own discretion. Please drink responsibly. A deep fried meme with like laser beams coming from Jimmy Carter's <laughs> eyes and say you just lost to the last dad. <laughs> Since dads are the theme, who's the we know who the last dad is, but who's the ultimate oh, dad? That's Jimmy a Carter, whole other podcast. Jay that's Wright whole... Jay Wright to Xavier? Xavier Actually, to Chris Mullen? Maybe. <laughs> I think Jay Wright to everybody. <laughs> like, like there there's no one like Jay Wright, the first dad. He's got a big family. He's got a big family. <laughs> and so, like, I would never want to date Jay Wright's daughter. She can be just an absolute smoke show and love college basketball. We'll never date because there's no one more intimidating than a guy that just sits there in a power suit with his um with his hair slicked back. I can just imagine going to a dinner at their house on a Wednesday night. He's still got a suit on. He's still looking good. And like, there are pictures my... of him on the beach on vacation with a suit on. Hey, Andy, I think you proved with your stories tonight. I don't think you're gonna have to worry about dating Jay Wright's daughter. <laughs> Plus, there's no way he could have a, a daughter since Jimmy Carter was the last dad. Yeah, so uh, this is true. The there are no more dads. Shit. Yeah, excellent point, Coop. Jay Wright Coop has his, his daughter's gonna be dating a short Italian, brown-haired point guard. No. <laughs> Be an arranged marriage. So, um, Andy, Cap was telling us before you got on that you're notorious for um, some Twitter beefs at times. And so, Andy, I want to get uh, your Mount Rushmore of people you've gotten in a fight uh, <laughs> with on Twitter. Oh, shit. Um, so the, one of them's a Hall of Fame baseball player. Yeah, the, 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 the top one is definitely um, uh, Kurt Schilling. He is <laughs> hell yeah. Uh, that is incredible. I, I, I am blocked by him now, so that is just on my trophy case. So he's probably the uh, the he he's he's definitely on there. Um, it's a big head up there. That's uh, a. I can't believe we haven't gotten you the plaque yet. Blocked on Twitter by Kurt Schilling. I, that 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 need that definitely needs to happen. Um, I'm, I'll put that right here next to um my um signed Xavier shirt. Um, and your wallpaper. And, and and the wallpaper. It'll, it'll really tie the dump truck wallpaper together. <laughs> and so, but like, I really what my biggest flaw is I give nobody's too much time of my day. So there's this, there, there's this kind of group that just completely, I swear they sit there and think of how they can piss me off every day. 
Uh, there's this guy named Mike Saver who just he has <laughs> the dumbest takes of it. Like he always talks about. Um, he he keeps telling me that Travis Steele and Paul Scruggs suck, and I I would just go back and forth with him for hours. There's and... one of the Caps burners, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I haven't told you yet, but. <laughs> and so, like, and he ended up like being like obsessed with me. Like, when we lost to Butler, my mentions were just completely through the roof, and it was mainly him. Um. Uh, and then there's there's this other uh, other dude that um, he's kind of like more respectful about it. Like um, Mike just tries to um, like he calls me a douche and uh, he like personally attacks me um, and just looks like an ass clown. This guy um, he's just the most negative person I've ever heard. Like he um, uh, like pretty much under any any of my tweets he'd sit there and be like. Um, it's time to fire Steel. Like it, I, I could tweet about spaghetti, but like we need to fire Steel. And uh, so I, I would go back and forth. Like I would get it would piss me off, and I'd call him a moron. Um, there was one time he was like, "We're gonna lose to Creighton by um, twenty. We ended up winning that game." And I, um, my drunk ass, went back and forth with him for a while. Um, you just will. You'll turn down no Twitter beef. Like, I, I, I'm up for any argument. I have stopped that recently, and my life has been a lot better. Um, I've been a lot happier. <laughs> like, you don't care if it's like Kirk Schilling or Couch Fucker sixty nine sixty nine. Like you, you will literally get into. It doesn't it. matter if you're verified and have two million followers, or you, um, or if you have two followers. And, um, or it's one of those. And I'll, I'll round it out with um, Mike DeCourcy. Um, he was a, it was his first year of being a bracketologist and it was the year that, um, it was the COVID year. And so like the big, you know, that was the year that in my mind, um, Xavier's squarely on the, like it was 50, 50 on whether they're going to make the um, tournament or not. And, um, he, and, uh, so I was, I was back and forth with UC fans. They had just like gotten that bullshit. Um, you won, you tied for you know, the tiebreaker in the American Athletic Conference um, regular season, so you got and the AAC tournament got canceled, so they got the um, tournament bid, so they were in and we were on the bubble. So I was kind of I, I was arguing with UC fans, and I'm like, well, I mean, the top seven of the top ten bracketologists have have us in, and he starts like referencing Joe Lenardi who didn't and Mike DeCorsi who didn't. I'm like, well, Lenardi is known. To just suck at his job, and no one even knows who the fuck Mike DeCourcy is, and so they tagged him, and then I had to go back and forth with him for a while, and I got and his fan base started like torching me for a bit. A bracketologist has a fan base. Apparently, he's like a Fox That's... analyst too. Oh wow! Huh. All their burners. Yeah, it, was, it had to be one. Had to be their burners. And I was like, I, I fucked Mike. up his name too. I found like Takusi or something. Close enough. <laughs> so you have a one of the best pitchers ever that's in, close to the Hall of Fame, and then a bunch of no names on your Mount Rushmore. That's that's pretty much it. Okay. <laughs> that sums up Andy perfectly. <laughs> and I, I will give me a lot of a lot of visitors to see that attraction. 
and like that, that that's one of the eight wonders of the world that's right all right cap i got one for you now um if if navy defeats xavier in basketball how do you feel oh furious I don't care. Not if even a goes, little bit. I don't proud. care if Navy goes out with thirty. Doesn't matter. Looks like he has any respect for the Navy. Yeah, I would. I would rather. I don't want the Navy to lose, but I don't. If if they do lose, I kind of chuckle a little bit from being honest with you. Because honestly, too, I was enlisted Navy, so that's a bunch of stupid officers and shit. So, um, I do like David Robinson. He's the only like Navy basketball guy that I fuck with. He's just a good dude. But like, I don't know. I would rather like. I would rather have one Xavier win over like 500 Navy wins. If that makes any sense. Sure. I'd rather Xavier win a first round game than Navy win the championship easily. And Xavier wears Navy blue, to be honest. So he's kind of still supporting it. We did wear Navy colors last year. We wore the yellow and blue last year. That's true. That was Off maybe it was the Cap X game. I don't know. It was. It might have been. No, we do not care about uh, Navy basketball. Loki forgot they had a team. <laughs> I honestly kind of did. Yeah, I don't. You don't think of like Navy basketball or no? It's weird. Even Army basketball. Uh, do they still run the triple option like... in basketball? <laughs> they do actually. Yeah, they do. They do. <laughs> yep, they still run the triple option game. Um, Coop, you've heard the the Billy Madison quote: "If you pee your pants, or if peeing your pants is cool, then consider me Miles mm-hmm. Davis." You've heard that, right? I have now. <laughs> okay now you have excellent um so i have to ask after your dog peed the carpet earlier please tell me your dog's <laughs> name is miles davis <laughs> that's uh yeah we can rename her that's fine there we <laughs> go now you've heard the quote and now she's got a new name that'll work all right oh. andy sees his picture and runs away Ledge, can you click on can you click on the banner photo? It is a disgusting, yeah. disgusting, gross photo. Oh man, man, jeez, stud! <laughs> that guy, Andy, ruined our lives. This this fucker. Look at that yes. sunset. I know this fucker right here. Um, but two huge shots. Look, I mean, he look at that, that balance. He can take a charge. <laughs> he can. <laughs> Clearly, I mean, his feet had to be set. I mean, look at that balance. And that really was the start of Wisconsin taking charges. I mean, he was Brad Davidson before Brad Davidson. He's also a friend of the Panda. <laughs> He's a banker currently. <laughs> a friend of, friend of the Panda. The fuck does that mean? <laughs> and he's a friend of the Panda, though. Coop, what does is, what is friend of the Panda mean to you? What does it mean to me? Um, it means if he's a friend of the panda, I'm I'm an enemy. I won't support it. <laughs> That's a good call. I'm gonna Google it and find out though. What does that possibly mean? Is he a big like? Is he a rewards member at Panda Express? Or like Pablo Sandoval, maybe? <laughs> That's yeah. huge. Like his favorite movie is Kung Fu Panda. Metal World that is Peace a, that changed is his crazy. name to the Panda's friend in 2014. Yeah, if he's pro Panda, I'm anti Panda, Coop. I have to agree with you on that. Yeah. Fuck BYU. Fuck Pandas. <laughs> we hate BYU. <laughs> you probably get kicked off a of campus wrapping a Panda at BYU. But it was a lot of fun. And likewise, if you guys ever want to come fuck around with our bullshit, you're more you're more than welcome. Um, 
For sure. Sounds fun. It was a blob. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.